your um, comment on the fragrance of love and self-respect reminds me of the question that I think we should each be asking ourselves is what kind of relationship do I have with myself? Do I have a relationship like I would treat a, an esteemed guest who comes to my home? And how I would go out of my way to make sure that I had all of the supplies I needed to make their visit beautiful and essentially, you know, luscious and, and joyful. Um, and what I would do if a guest came that needed assistance, that was having a difficult time, how I would spend all of my energy with them and serve them with food and flowers and my ear just to listen to their whatever was happening for them. Do I do that for myself? What is my relationship with myself? We always focus on our relationship with other. Do I have a good relationship with my children? Do I have a good relationship with my spouse? Do I have a good relationship with the, the colleagues in my work environment? This, for this time that we're together today and taking it into this next week, I'd really like you to, to be concentrating on what is your relationship with yourself? How do you communicate with yourself? How do you offer yourself solace and spaciousness? How much room do we give ourselves to be wrong or to be forgetful? We should be treating ourselves as we would treat any esteemed guest in our life, in our home. I'd like us to think about that as we look into the intention. This isn't a very significant intention in our life. If you set the intention to be one of self, mm, it's not even, you know, I don't wanna use a word that makes it sound like we're indulgent because it's not an indulgence. It's, and it's not a, requirement in the way that we require things. It's a sweetness. It's the fragrance of self-care. So we use this word fragrance with joy and love and respect and self-care because it's so ephemeral, so, so subtle that you can't really make a list. I mean, you can make a list, but the, the devotion of it and the intention of being in self-respect and self-love and self-care and also in care into the world and love into the world is so subtle. It isn't just our actions. It's how we align our entire body and our energetic system to go into the world and to serve ourselves in the highest calling. What is called for in the highest calling of every action that we have? And where is our intention weaving into that? So intention is, has to be supported by action. I would like to say that without action, intention is a wish. Without action, intention is a wish. However, in our Western thought, we think of action as movement, moving from here to there, doing this, making a list, checking things off. And I want us to look at action in a very different way. Um, from the Buddhist tradition in the Eightfold Path, 
um, in the eight, eight aspects of Buddhism, the four uh, noble truths in the eightfold path, action is one of the right action is one of the eightfold uh, themes that we work on. And right action, as I've been taught in the Buddhist tradition, is about understanding and being willing to enter into whatever situation you're in and see what is really called for. Not what your ego wants to do, not what your fear wants to do, not what your controlling nature wants to do, but what is really being called for. And in some instances, inaction, no action is what's being called for. That's your action. So it's not the presence or absence of movement. It's the presence or absence of consciousness. Are we conscious in every moment to know what's really called for? What's our peace in this moment? So with action, with conscious action, intention is transformation. If we use intention driven by a concept of right action, then we see transformation. And back to my job is self-transformation. If we want the world to change, we have to be the change. Michael Jackson said that, that beautiful song of his, Look Man in the Mirror, I love that song. There's so many songs and so much written in poetry and prose and about being the change agent. We have to be that for ourselves and for the world. We can't wait for somebody else to come in and decide that they can tell us what the change needs to be. We're trying to raise our consciousness so that in every moment we meet that moment with intention. Everything from how you rise out of the bed in the morning, how you take care of your body, how you feel into your body as it wakes up. Does it need more stretching? Does it need to lie for a few more moments? Does it need a cold shower? What does it need? Every day will be different. So our problem is that we get into patterns and then we think that the pattern is the answer. So I have a routine. How many people tell me I have a routine? I want you to drop your routines. No routine. I want you to live into each moment as it arises. And what's meant to come out of that moment will become very obvious as you make this a practice. So you'll start meeting the people that enter your life, the situations that enter your life, your personal needs that, that rise to the surface, you'll start meeting those in your willingness to be present and to have the intention to show up with right action. Ignoring, uh, covering up, making up a story. We're so good about stories and spinning. I mean, isn't that a Western thing? You spin it. We make it what we want to sell. So we make up the story or we embellish it or we add a few little things to it, but we make so that we can make it agreeable. So this wasn't a great situation, but I'm going to spin it this way so that I can sit with it because I don't like the, to be sitting in it with a bit of discomfort. So I'm going to make it something else. All you did was cover it up. You didn't make it something else. It still is what it was all along. So how we learn to sit with things as they rise and do what is 
really necessary to respond to them, even if that's no response, is the most liberating and therefore joyful action we can have in our lives. And what happens out of that is that we stop being fearful. There's no fear if you recognize that you can actually meet every moment as it rises. There's no reason to be fearful. The only place, we carry, place we carry fear is when we think into a possible scenario that is uncomfortable for us. It hasn't even happened. So consciousness, if we want to shift the world just in our own, living our own life, we don't even have to go out and be activists or be you know, leading any sort of a, an effort, an, a universal effort, just in our own space, in our own home, in our own body, we can change consciousness. And if everybody took that responsibility, even a small amount, what if I change my consciousness I become more conscious 10% of the time, just 10%. What if everyone on this planet did that? Or what if only 10% of the people did 10% more? It is our responsibility to step into our own consciousness. It's not even a choice, really. If you're trying to live in alignment with your heart's desire and your, your purpose, your calling, you have to step into consciousness. There's no other way to do it. You have to be aware of what's actually happening. What am I thinking? How am I behaving? How am I responding? What's coming? What are my patterns? The only way for us to uncover and shine the light on those is to be in awareness. So if we want to be responsible for our lives unfolding in the, to the largest capacity and the largest um, fullness that we carry, we have to step into our own consciousness in every second of our breathing daily life. 10% is great, 100% is better. <laughs> and how you will experience life, how you will smell the flowers and feel the the sadness of somebody who's with you who is grieving and how you will move through your space will completely change. It will be altered. And out of that altering, joy is revealed. Joy was already there. It's just being revealed. But the state of consciousness allows us to have that unveiling in a conscious way. So we have to be intentional. What are your intentions? What is your relationship with yourself? And what are your intentions? How are you going to take your life and make it a conscious living out of this embodied form that we've been given the gift of for a very limited amount of time? It's so beautiful that it's Rosh Hashanah today, new beginnings, new year, a new time to make a commitment to yourself about how conscious you want to be. It's much easier to live unconsciously in the short run because you don't have to do anything, but in the long run for how your soul is integrating. So we're back to the integration. 
the best way to move into consciousness and to move into uh, self-love and self-respect and self-care is through integration of our body, mind, spirit, the triad of the body, mind, spirit. When those are in alignment, then we have a much better chance, our own natural fiat, our own natural strength that we have not in a power or controlling way, but in a way that's innately ours is much easier to access. So how do we stay in that? How do we integrate those? One of the things that, I, that we're sharing, Laura shared last week with us some tips on digestion and how are we looking at the modalities between what we're eating and how we're using self-care therapy, how we're taking in our day. I've started um, learning about essential oils. I'm interested in plant medicine. I've always been interested, but I'm specifically interested in how are the different oils, essential oils, helpful in supporting us and supporting me in my day for my body, for my mental attitude, my emotional attitude. That's a gift that's been planted. It's right here with us. And that we aren't using it is so simple to use it. Essential oils are readily available. You could grow the plant and have fun making things on your own with it, or you can simply buy them. You don't need very many essential oils to impact your life. But how are we looking at the modalities of self-healing and self-care that are readily available that aren't a big deal? They're around us, totally around us. Today, I asked um, one of the gals on our call, Lydia, to just share. She's a healer in several modalities, but uh, two of them are in sound and color. And I asked her if she would just share a few minutes, a couple of minutes, about how it is that sound and color have been a healing agent in her life. We, and how, what we can do to use sound and color in our lives, that, of things that you already have in your life. You don't even have to go to the store or Amazon or anywhere. We already have, we're back to that Course in Miracle. There is no lack. We already have what we need. Back to the antidote from the garden that Pablo shared with me and I shared last week. The antidote for what is needed is already around us. We just need to be conscious enough to take advantage of it. So I'd like to just give um, Lydia a couple of moments to speak, if you will. Let's see if we can unmute you, Lydia, if you can unmute yourself. That's easiest. Unmute yourself? Yeah. Hi. Can you share with us a little bit about light or sound and color and how that's affected your life and what people can do and what this women on this call can do to utilize those two modalities as healing agents. Sure. Thank you for um, giving me this opportunity. Hello, everyone. Um, some new friends, some old friends. Um, I just want to say that my journey to sound healing actually started about 20 years ago. And um, it was for my self healing first because I was diagnosed with um, autoimmune. I was diagnosed that I had lupus, which I don't have anymore. They, they say that I don't have any more, but I still have connective tissue disorder. So when I was, um, I think I was about 37 or something like that. And when I got that diagnosis, I was like, bam, wow. 
it's almost like, what I, what do I do now? And I know that the conventional treatment would eventually be steroid, and I just don't want to go that route. So I, I really ask with a lot of intention for healing, for a modality that I can seek for um, alternative, alternative healing. I don't want to just rely on drugs. So I made a conscious effort to find a self-healing modality. So for me, stress is the number one uh, factor that will flare up my, uh, uh, flare up my um, autoimmune. So stress, I find that it's the one thing that I cannot have in my life. So for sound, that is such a good modality to de-stress. And um, Fabian, my first master in self-healing, in sound healing, has said that 90% of healing is relaxation. So we really have to find a way that we can relax. And for me, it's sound and color. And those two modalities is, is vibration. It's all about vibration. We, made, we are made out of a lot of water. So we really resonate with vibration. And tuning into the harmonics of sound, it's like retuning our own body into harmony, like retuning a, a piano. When your piano, some key is out, you need to tune it back. So I find that very helpful for myself and the and sound healing and color also work on our subtle energy field or you can say the auric field. It works on three levels, your etheric, your emotional and mental. When you retune and you clear all of the impurities around your subtle energy field, you are actually clearing the seeds of illnesses. If we don't clear, if we don't make this outside healthy, it will work our way into the, into the physical body. So that's one thing that we need to be aware of is constantly clearing, not just your physical self, but also your subtle energy field. So for sound, what it has done for me is it has made me more grounded. It, ha it has promote more awareness of my own body, of my needs, like what Nikki was just saying, you have to be aware of what you need, not just for your body, but also for your soul. It has helped me to make space for self-healing. Um, if I'm so cluttered, if I am full of negative thoughts or patterns or just um, emotions, there's no room for healing. So both of those modalities has helped me. So, so let's move on to color. How does color um, help me? Same thing, vibration. Um, so as you can look in the back of me, you see all the aurasoma equilibriums that I work with. You don't even have to know what it is. You have to look at it and it affects you because it's got vibrations, right? It's something that helps you. So how can we use color and sound in our everyday life? It's so simple. There's music everywhere, there's sound everywhere. There are sounds that you are attracted to, or I love ocean sound or water sound, and you can easily go walk in nature. I love the sound of trees, just to be aware of the sounds that make you feel good. Um, I love music, you can turn on 
the turn on your music and and just go to find the sounds that make you feel good as simple as that and um, i highly recommend if you are drawn to playing music then just pick up something and play it or the most powerful healing modality is our voice so when you hear city or Nikki, when they're leading us, it's healing already because of their voice, because of what the intention that's in their voice is all to help us. So we can also use our own voice and just doing simple things like um, chanting or simple om, um, so hum or something really simple every day, or just make a, make a sound from your voice and then you can kind of figure out why am I making this sound? Be aware of where the vibration is coming. It could be a sound that is like vibration from your heart or a very low sound. It's, it's like down in your first chakra. Perhaps you need more grounding. Or when you make a sound that is coming from your heart, maybe your heart needs some healing. So 